welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Knocking down these locks. Back here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, Chip Patterson joined by Tom Fernelli and Barton Simmons. This is uh, what you have come for every single week. This is why you subscribe. It is so that these locks are delivered right to you on your mobile device or however you consume your podcasts. Gentlemen, Tom, Barton, how are we feeling? We're good, Chip. I, I want to know how you're feeling. Not good. you went so hard in the paint last week and and um i mean it was a gutsy home run everybody go shot and uh doesn't seem like it played out all that well but i just want to know where your head's at because you can't you can't stay down for long man no no it's uh, you know what and i think that the key was learning the lessons the the important thing is the mistakes were coachable and correctable and so we were able to uh get into the get into the film room and realize where uh, where we made the mistakes. I would say that we really spent this week focusing on us, Barton. You know, this was about fundamentals. So the question is: After an eight pack last week, are you? Do you have the guts? Do you have the intestinal fortitude to run it back with eight more this week? I've got six. Hey, man, that's a that's a yeah. I'll take six. Yeah, I've got so uh, as Barton mentioned. Um, you know, finally breaking into the, uh, the, the strong part of net positive, but, uh, <laughs> back on the negative side of things after a two and six week for your boy, uh, NC state missed wake forest cashed Tulane missed Mizzou, Yukon under cashed Tennessee, Kentucky under missed <laughs> Ohio state missed Rutgers, Michigan under missed and TCU uh, minus six point five missed horribly, and I, I, I described it to you, Barton, earlier. This was, it was one that I couldn't even really cry over. Like things just got out of control so quickly. I think the last one I was sweating was the Tennessee Kentucky under, and I guess at tw- what was the final score twenty nine twenty six. Tom, you cashed yeah. it, right? Yeah, I had Tennessee in the points because, as I said, there's nobody in the world that Kentucky should be favored by more than three and a half points over. At twenty six twenty one, I had already lost it. So you know what I'm saying? Like I just I felt like it not only was a two and six, like a horrible just get blown out of the water week, but just a lot of these I felt like I never had a shot on. But that is why we're gonna come back strong with confidence. Barton, you are still the leader. You cashed on Missouri, you cashed on Georgia, uh Indiana missed, but uh you took those fraudulent ass Houston Cougars, they cashed on plus eleven. They also came through with uh, the win we've been asking for, right, Barton? That's right. About time. Yeah, it wasn't the Cougars that are fraudulent. It was the USF Bulls that were fraudulent. I've already exposed the Cougars as fraudulent earlier in the year. It was the Bulls' time to get exposed, and they got it. And the uh, the best record of the week, that was Tom Fernelli. He called Notre Dame minus seven. Boy, you've had your uh You've 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 had Notre Dame figured out these last couple weeks. Interested to see if uh, yeah, I want to know what Tom thinks this week on on the, the Irish. I called Notre Dame by two scores, so I technically I think I was wrong. 
Well, I think it was three scores. I think I think your confidence in where Notre Dame is as a football team, in particular these last two matchups, has been impressive. Ohio State, Penn State under did not cash. Nope. But Louisiana Tech minus thirteen got it. Tennessee plus five and a half. They didn't win, but good golly, they cover because as you mentioned, Kentucky shouldn't be favored by five and a half against anybody. And then Texas Baylor under fifty seven. Um. That was that was one I was uh, a li- a little bit nervous for you until the game started and <laughs> Texas's defense just wasn't going to let Baylor do anything. So that is a plus four. Wait, one, two, three, four. A plus three net week for you. So Barton plus fourteen, Tom plus ten, Chip minus one. Whew. As we prepare for week, did 10. you guys per chance see the last? few minutes of that louisiana tech uh rice game i did not <laughs> no i can't say <laughs> that i took that one in it was a tie game with two minutes left wow and louisiana tech covered the 13 it was a miracle boys <laughs> man when you're hot you're hot rice what are you allowed you're like tom you're like uh what like 11 and one the last two weeks or something uh i think i'm something close to that yeah oh yeah because you yeah. cashed every one Man, yeah. you, uh, I, I had a you got my all of a sudden a bad week. I'm a bad week away from from this lead being in big trouble. You're a chip I'm a week, bad away. week away from you having a huge lead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's this kind of fragility that I enjoy. All right, Tom, this is what I'm banking on. All right, Tom, you get to you've got the honors. Start us up. Lock us up. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point, every cover. Oh boy. Um I got a lot of o- unders this week. And Love it. the first one is one that I'm gonna start with is essentially my my you know, five-star lock of the week. Army at Air Force, under 57 and a half. Here's a fun little number, a little, nice little trend for everybody to hear. Since 2005, in games between service academies, which, you know, are Air Force, Army, and Navy, who all run the triple option, the under has come through in 76% of the games. And... This line originally opened, I think, at 62 or 63 and was immediately bet down because the Sharps are all very much aware of this trend. I'm very much aware of this trend. I wish we could have recorded this podcast three days ago so I could have given it to you at 62. But here we are, and I'm still really comfortable with the under in 57 and a half here. I just... That's too many points for this game. There, there's somebody that that implies somebody's going to score thirty to win, and I don't see these either. Of these teams having enough possessions to get to thirty, so I love the under in this one. Doesn't it feel like sounds the, like a Fernelli special? Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. I feel like the twenty four percent where it has gone over were all overtime games, probably. Like they, and I'm uh, I was looking. It was the Air Force minus six and a half. I think is the <laughs> point spread. I think so, yeah. I stewed over that one. I was meditating on it, trying to figure out. But I, Air Force has not been a team that, to be trusted this season. Their performances have had wild variants to them in terms of wins, losses, and points on the scoreboard. But I like your trend, for sure. It's, I mean, seriously, 76% of the time. That's that's a startling number. As far as gambling, 
sports gambling goes, that's a that's a pretty good that's a pretty good uh, pretty good clip. All right, yeah. Barton, what you uh, what you got? Uh, among my locks, this one isn't my favorite, but I want to uh, you know let's I want to give give the people a uh, a prime time premier game to to chew on. So I'm gonna go with the Virginia Tech Miami game, and. You know, the more I thought about this game, <clears throat> I was tempted to take Virginia Tech, but the more I thought about this game, the the less convinced I was that Virginia Tech was a safe play. I think these teams, I think Miami is, is getting overlooked um, a lot. I think that there's, this is getting to be way too trendy, way too popular to pick Virginia Tech. I know. But on the flip side of that, when you look at these teams, and this is part of the reason why I, I started backing off of, of picking Virginia Tech, because the, the numbers tell you that they're not that far apart and that Virginia Tech may not be as dominant as offensively as I kind of envisioned that they are. But the thing that both these teams are are really good defensive teams. Um, Virginia Tech is third in the nation in opponents' third down conversion rate. Miami is 119th in the country in third down conversion rate. So I like that trend in keeping the points down. Both these teams, they're ranked third and fifth, respectively, Virginia Tech and Miami, in terms of opponents' red zone touchdown percentage. Both these defenses are really good. Both these defensive coordinators are really good. I, I think this is going to be a more of a battle than – like some people are, are are framing this as, so I'm not confident in say, I, I my hunch is that Virginia Tech's the better team. I'm not confident in saying they're winning. What I do feel good about saying is that it'll be a low scoring, physical game. I'm gonna take under 50, and um, just bet on these DCs. I love it. I I feel so proud. I feel like you're not out here tossing out under 50 a lot on the locks cast, and this is uh, that's 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 a beautiful play. It's this is a scary play for me because I'll be honest with you. I've 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 had a pretty good year. I've had a pretty good feel on on the lines, the the totals. Even my hunches that I haven't even put on the 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 locks podcast. You know when I'm just talking to my buddies, like I just I'm, I've not had a great feel for for over unders this year. So I'm this is a rare underplay for me on the locks cast. But let's see how it goes. You know what I think. What? I think you should be confident because we've got Lock Unity, my friend. Ooh! All right. I, I was hoping when you came with that first under that you were going to come with this one. I wanted to feel good about this one. No, this this is I've got the under 50 in this game is one of my locks this week as well. There we go. For all the reasons you just mentioned. The uh I All right, so what do you think does it, Tom do you also believe I did not take uh a side in this game. I picked Virginia Tech in our expert picks. Um, and the reason I didn't make Virginia Tech a lock, I feel pretty confident that Virginia Tech should win this game, but it's just been Miami's, like, the the trend of Miami playing in these close games, which is definitely a credit to the, the defense and the turnover chain and the ability to come up with big plays in key situations. I just, it, it feels 23-22, 21-20. Like, I, I'm with y'all on the under for sure but even at two and a half i was afraid i was going to get a virginia tech win miami cover yeah i don't like either side of the actual spread in this game i i mean i i took miami in the expert picks 
plus the two and a half simply because like you were just talking about, I, I expect it to be a close game. So I'll take points for the home team in that case, especially because Miami is a team that I just feel like plays to its competition every single week. And it's a huge game for Miami. Like not, yeah. not that it isn't for Virginia tech, but this, this is the game that I means a home game. And, and I, I feel like Miami is going to like, treat this like their ACC championship game. And I mean, it is ultimately it's effectively how, you know, how we decide the coastal. And so I, I think they'll be ready, but do you think they're good enough? I don't know if Miami's good enough on offense to be able to have a significant impact against Virginia tech. I don't know if Virginia tech's that much better than Miami though. That's the thing. Like, that's my question is how, like what, my hunch is Virginia Tech's pretty good, but how? What, what do we really know about Virginia Tech? All right, Virginia Tech's offensive line is not a strength. Their running back by committee approach probably masks uh, and uh, like a, a lack of one player who can get out there, and so they kind of have to scheme up their running game a little bit. They hit you with a lot of shifts and motions, try and out leverage you. But the the advantage is quarterback. I just think Josh Jackson is a significant upgrade from Malik Rogier. Maybe, but Josh is also a freshman, and this is a huge game. A red shirt freshman. I yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Sitting on the sideline for a year does not make you more experienced. What about just, playing against West Virginia in uh, Landover or FedEx Field, wherever they played that opening game? That was a big game, season opener, non-conference. This is basically your division right here. You win this game, you're going to win your division. You're going to play for an ACC title. You're going to have a shot at a playoff berth. This game is a lot bigger than that West Virginia game was. And honestly, I mean, I'm not sitting here saying I, again, I'm not some big believer in Miami here. I just am not convinced that Virginia Tech is that much better than Miami. And to me, I was still really surprised to see that Miami was a home dog in this one. Mm. I feel like it should be Miami minus two and a half. And I guess that's probably why I took Miami. Or pick. Yeah, or even just a pick them. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, All right. Let's go to a primetime game. Another one with the division title hanging in the balance. I know where you're going with this one. Yeah, got to do it. Khalil Tate plus seven and a half. <laughs> got to. This yeah. is. I mean, it's it's too much fun, right? Especially. If I don't it, know if I'm confident in that one, but I I mean I like the I, I like I like you playing it. It's this is the all right. So for um like eight years in a row until 2015, the game was decided by one touchdown. USC won most of those, but these were all close games. Last year, as Arizona was a last-place team in the Pac-12 South, that was not the case. But uh, but I, I like Rich Rod's ability to, uh, to get into this game. I, I, just, I imagine it being never – I don't ever imagine USC feeling comfortable with the lead. And if I can get seven in the hook, I'm going to take it. Um, yeah, this is, this is it, right? I mean, this is the biggest game – of Arizona's run. I think we, I think they show up. We don't have I mean too much of a sample size. First of all, USC's run defense on the whole has kind of just been ordinary this season. Like sometimes like it, it struggled against Stanford, it struggled against Western Michigan, but it's also had good games against Texas and Cal and Oregon State. But if we look at the sample size here, What's the last team USC played that had a really strong mobile quarterback and a good read option offense? 
last game. I uh, mean, do you, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame's. And Notre Dame rushed for 377 yards on 47 carries, averaged eight yards a carry, and scored five rushing touchdowns against USC. And gave up the big ones too. Is it might and, look? It might be Khalil yeah. Tate. It might be JJ Taylor. Like they're like that Arizona's offense now has started to develop the counterpunch and the second wrinkles to just Khalil Tate doing it all himself. Yeah, Arizona does not have its own Josh Adams as far as a back being that good. But Khalil Tate, I would take over Wimbush. So I think because I think Tate is a better runner. He's faster. And I think he's got a better arm, honestly, too, than Wimbush. So I yeah, I I like Arizona in the points in this one because I, I, I see the Wildcats being able to put up points. Will the defense be able to slow down USC enough to win the game for him? I don't know, but they're going to keep it close at a minimum. All right. I. I am excited to see you playing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be rooting for it. Right. I am not confident in that side only because there's a little bit of a feel where, like, you know, through the first seven games of the season, USC has felt like they've just been hanging on for dear life. You're like, just surviving, and they they haven't been able to survive a couple weeks. Then they got to kind of hit rock bottom against Notre Dame. And then isn't there a little bit of a sense like they might have like finally just caught their breath a little bit against Arizona State and Sam Darnold got in a rhythm and their defense played well and they put together a complete game and it was at Arizona State, a team that's played well the past few weeks. And now here they are. They've got they finally like got their feet under them again. And, and Arizona's coming to town at 745 at night. And now there's this opportunity to sort of now like, re, like have their regroup moment and and like catapult towards the the postseason. So I'm worried the USC's now finally caught their breath. I guess right. Um, I, yeah, I get that. It's just for me the difference is Arizona State's nowhere near as explosive on offense as Arizona is, and I feel like Arizona State had those really excellent weeks there by playing defense. And, you know, like they beat Washington, what, 13 to seven? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't exactly a team that was putting lighting up the scoreboard. I think Arizona can light up a scoreboard in a hurry. And, you know, I just absolutely love Khalil Tate with all my heart. So maybe, you know, maybe there's emotion behind this pick as well. Oh, there's so, so much emotion. I've got three locks and I've got about five other games that I'm just like seeing if I feel the feel the mojo to, to, to roll with and this is one of those five other games not the side but the the over i'm very tempted to play the over at what is it now like 75 um 73 73 do you want to put it in to play the 73 over do you want to put do it me. in do it do it let me see let me just uh, I'll, I'll get back to you on that Okay. All right. Well, uh, it is Barton sitting up until one thirty in the morning, <laughs> waiting for that last touchdown to get the over. <laughs> All right, Barton. Well, do you want to stew on that one while you give us another one? One of your yeah, locks you, you feel I'll, more I'll confident about? I, I'll give you one I do feel good about. This is probably my favorite one of the week. Uh, Vanderbilt, Western Kentucky, Commodores laying ten. I'm going to take Vanderbilt. Um. This is the way I'm, I look at this. <clears throat> so everybody, like when you look at this game on paper heading into the year, you're like, okay, Vanderbilt has like, 
They've got a tough non-conference, Kansas State, MTSU, Western Kentucky. You know, they got to beat these teams to get to a bowl. <clears throat> that's that's a tough task. But, I, like, we're looking at Western Kentucky as – and Western Kentucky still comes in this game sitting at, what, 5-2. and two. Um, You know, they've, they've – on paper, without really digging in, it seems like they've got a pretty good year going – but this is not the same Western Kentucky team that had Brian Brown in place that was had this wide-open offense that could score points on anybody. This is a Western Kentucky team that Mike Sanford is coaching now. Mike Sanford comes from Stanford under David Shaw, just like Derek Mason. He's, you know, He was at Notre Dame, Boise State. He's got some pro style in him. He's not this wide-open spread guy that we saw from Brian Brom. Their offense has been a little bit less explosive, a lot less explosive, frankly, than last year. Um, this is a team that's, that's shifting their offensive system, and they don't yet have the personnel for it. Vanderbilt, throughout the year, they've been getting killed by these SEC teams with a lot better personnel as they try to sort of shifts, not not shift, but as they continue to try to build out their pro-style power Stanford mentality, uh, and it just hadn't worked this year. This is a team that's trying to have the same, like this is like a, like they're the, to a certain degree they'll be kind of mirror images, but Vanderbilt has the SEC bodies and Western Kentucky doesn't. Remember how good Vanderbilt looked those first three weeks of the year when they weren't playing elite talent? I think that they come into this game and and really put together a good effort. I think that they are well coached, like they're they're really good game day coaches, um, and so I think they'll have a good game plan for Western Kentucky. I think that they win this one handily, and uh, yeah, I think this is one of their you know few opportunities left for a, for a certain win. And I think they got to take care of business, and I think they do it. In Western Kentucky, coming off a like a bad Conference USA loss to uh, to FAU. I mean, Western Kentucky fifteen to fourteen to UTEP. You know, like what are you doing? Lost what, Illinois what, too. Lost Illinois. Like they. Ha- I mean, they put up forty five against Charlotte. But I mean, it's just like they haven't played anybody. This is a really nasty schedule. They haven't looked impressive um, within, and so this is. This is going to be an opportunity. And, and, again, this isn't the old Western Kentucky that can throw it around and score on anybody. I don't think they'll be able to score a lot of points on this Vandy team. Does uh, I don't, I'm so sorry for hijacking the wheel on this one. Is anyone going to take an FAU Marshall side? No. That game's kind of fascinating, right? Kiffin's starting to tempt you a little bit, isn't he? Oh, hell yeah. This is for, this is for the if, – if Kiffin wins this one – I think he's got at least a spot in conference championship Saturday lockdown. You know, that noon kickoff where we're like four hours away from the start of the SEC title game. And everyone's like, oh, hell yeah. Let's watch this conference USA championship game. And it'll Time be for some FAU North Texas action. I'm saying this is a huge game for the Owls. I couldn't, I couldn't take a side though. Um, has anyone gotten since, uh, has anyone got an Alabama LSU play? No. Not a lock, but I'll take Alabama and lay the points. What about yeah, the over? Ooh. Over? 
Any overtakers? Uh, what's, the, what's the number? I think it's at uh, my my thought. I think it's, it's at, at forty eight and a half. Forty eight and a half, and my score right now is thirty five ten. And my question that I was asking myself is: Am I um, am I not giving enough credit to what to Matt Canada being able to scheme up one more than one touchdown? It's less about Matt Canada and about uh, Alabama, I think. You think? I don't know. I'm not. I, I I am scared of the total. I I like the. To me, I like. I feel kind of confident on the Alabama side, only because this is in some ways like. Like when you look at Alabama's schedule, like this is a a game where they can really get up for it, um, and I'm not sure that's the case for a lot of their games this year, and. There, you know, there's been some LSU, you know, chirping, which is never a smart move. But like Alabama doesn't care about what game do they care about? Florida State was a big game. There was a different Florida State team back then. This is a game they're going to care about. It's at home at night. I I think Alabama puts it on LSU. Plus, they're ranked number two, so they're not poisoned. Tom, uh, Hours before that was announced, Gary Danielson told us that Nick Saban would kiss the committee on the mouth if uh, Georgia was number one. Well, then you'd have Alabama. I mean, if you think the Vanderbilt uh, disrespect was big, now I, I think Nick Saban would it would he would fly into that committee and kiss them all if he put Georgia number one. Oh yeah. I mean, that's well, he doesn't care about the rankings, but that's exactly what he wanted. That's exactly what he wanted. Yeah, he was. Oh, I I don't doubt it at all because now he can use the look. They're, we're, they're, they think George is better than us. They're disrespecting us. Let's go show them who how, who we really are. And then they end up beating LSU by thirty five. And then they're number one next week. Yeah, as soon as the rankings came out, I was just like, well, here comes a kiss in the mouth from Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who? I mean, it, it's his birthday this week. He got his number two. He got his birthday present. He's given him out kisses. He's just, he's a very happy man right now. I have a feeling that, you know, the press conferences this week, they're going to be jovial and good spirited. All right. Um, I'm going to go with some trends here. This is a round number. I wish I had a hook, but got to keep it trendy. Locking up Texas plus seven. We got both our quarterbacks, Tom Herman playing coy. I think we'll see maybe. Both Ellinger and Sam Buchel, um, Shane Buchel, but I think that uh, I got I got to ride Tom Herman in a big game. TCU finally had its bad game, but I don't have as much confidence in uh, the immediate bounce back. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna finally. I hope I'm not jumping on the Longhorns a little too late on this one, but uh, but I'm gonna take Texas plus seven. I was nearly there with you. I mean, listen, Terman's covered 13 straight as a dog. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And had TCU won last week, I would definitely be on Texas, but that's my fear. I think I feel like TCU losing last week kind of deflated that line. I, I feel like that would have been a 10 and a half had the Horned Frogs beaten Iowa State last week. It would have been an extra field goal, and I'd have been much more confident in it. I'm still on the Texas side of it. I'm just not on, on it enough to want it to be a lock. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Have you been uh, bullish on the Longhorns, Barton? Yeah, I mean, I I like Texas here. I'm 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 a little scared to play it because, like you said, I mean, when does it like? It almost seems 
like Texas is a little too good to be true right now. Like they when is their when is their letdown game? I guess is is and I you know they, they've it was had a, Maryland. Maryland was the letdown. Game. Right, just like get it out of the way right up front. I guess. Um, I you know I, I was I was kind of tempted to play the under too at four, even at forty six. Just I don't see a lot of points being scored in this game, um, and that that plays to a, a touchdown plus line too. Uh, if if you if you're playing on betting on minimal points, so yeah, I, I mean I I like that side over the other, and um, I don't know. I, I I went from thinking TCU was a really trustworthy team to now just sort of having no idea what they're going to do. I do. I think the TCU absolutely loses one more game this season. I think it could be Texas, uh, and then at Oklahoma, that's a tricky spot for Oklahoma too. Um, I don't know. What's uh? We'll see. Does anybody have a bedlam play? No, nope. uh, not a lock. What is what does your gut say? Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, my gut says Oklahoma too. I just yeah, the fact that they're getting points, and then just in the history of the series, I mean, I think let me. It's Oklahoma's five and one against the spread against the Cowboys the last six years. Nine and three against the spread against them the last twelve years. The road team has covered four of the last five meetings in the series. It's just, I, I think it's going to be a great game, and I think they're evenly matched teams. It's just, you're getting points with Oklahoma, and it's really hard to pass up the Sooners in that position, as good as Oklahoma State might be. I th- yeah, I wanted to go. Uh, I wanted to make an over and under play, but I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger on that one. Is it seventy three or seventy six? That's that would be perfect because I have my my predicted final score is at seventy one, <laughs> so that sounds about yeah. It's at seventy six. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. <laughs> um, all right, so to review, Barton so far is Miami VT under fifty, Vandy minus ten. Tom is Army Air Force under fifty seven and a half, Miami Virginia Tech under fifty. Chip has Arizona plus seven and a half, Texas plus seven, a couple of touchdown dogs. Tom, why don't you lock me up? All right, this is the only actual spread that I've gotten in any of my locks this week. How many are you dropping? I'm, five? Five. Dropping them like they're hot, buddy. Uh, I got Texas A&M plus 15 at home against Auburn. Lock unity. Lock unity. Yeah, sweet. Are you on it too, Chip? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't really need to explain to you guys. <laughs> I guess. Just yeah, that number's too big. It's it's simply too large for Texas A&M being at home. I understand that they got you know beat up pretty good last week, and the last we saw Auburn, it was destroying a really bad Arkansas team. But to go into College Station and to be expected to cover more than two touchdowns, even if it is November, I just it, it's too much. Oh wait, do you, this, we is get... the, this is Kevin Sumlin's Alamo. Yeah. Like, this is – it's a home game. This is – if he doesn't win this game, he's – if we believe the rhetoric before the season from the athletic director, he's effectively fired. Um, now, maybe they'll, maybe they'll back off of that given the, the inventory of coaches that's, that seems a little light. Um, but this is – I also like the fact on the A&M side that Camp Petways is – I mean, he's out, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm definitely. And and so, while I think Carryon Johnson is the more important back of the two, I still think that Auburn is a lot better when they have like a balance of those two guys in their backfield. 
Um, and I just, I like I. There's a little bit of a concern that Kellen Mond is going to hit the freshman wall, and we and, and we saw that against Mississippi State. Um, but I think with it being at home, and with this being such an important game for Kevin Sumlin's future that they they show up and 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 keep it within a couple touchdowns I don't think Auburn's that good you know I don't I don't know why Auburn is favored by more are are we locking this at 14 and a half or 15 I don't know I saw it at 15 that's what I had it I got it at 15 when I wrote it yesterday but I'm not sure what it is right now let me check real quick I've got it by 15 on my pad I didn't hear what you said but we're taking 15 all right, that's fine. Okay. Did say I'll take that half point. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's still at fifteen right now, anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think Auburn is a good enough football team. I don't think Auburn has shown this season to be a good enough football team to be trusted with a two touchdown plus spread in division play on the road. I agree. I mean, I, I, well, unless well, unless it's against Arkansas. Here, the, here's <laughs> I, I actually think that they are a they're a talented enough team. I don't have enough faith in this coaching staff to have this team pre- like prepared to cover that kind of a spread. Like I, I just man, that was a that was such a choke job against LSU, and you just can't trust these guys against uh, a decent defense. Like I think that they should be like this is a team that's talented enough to where this should be a no brainer Auburn cover, but they're not good enough. And, right. Uh, and so because of that, I, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Texas A&M. And, and, and keep in mind, too, this is a total like letdown spot here. Auburn's going on the road in the morning week and against an A&M team that's, hey, like, they're a good team. Like It's not like they're going to totally overlook them. But Georgia's the game next week that, that's on the horizon. So there's a little bit of look-ahead possibility here for, for Auburn as well. So um, there's, a, there's a few reasons why this one's, this one's tasty to me. Just, just a hypothetical. All right. If Auburn does cover this spread, is someone still there on Monday? They're, what, 5-3 and three right now? Yeah. I mean, it's a, if it's ugly... Two ugly yeah, home losses shock. in a row to division that opponents. That would not shock me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So here we go. Let's go, Aggies. Lock Unity makes Ooh. makes me feel good. It makes only me been f- one only been one missed Lock Unity in the history of Lock Unity. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, Lock Unity makes me feel good, kind of like Me Undies, because Me Undies makes feel good undies that your butt will be proud to wear. They will be the most comfortable pair of underwear you will ever own. And to check it out yourself, go to MeUndies.com slash cfb they got tons of styles and patterns to choose from for both men and ladies and me undies will have the perfect fit for any personality the me undies feeling is unmatched because they use a naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton and guess what you can get glow in the dark that's right there's a glow in the dark print called lights out if you want to have your underwear drawer glow and if underwear isn't your thing, MeUndies also makes the softest socks in the world. So, to get 20% off the best and softest underwear and socks you will ever own, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com CFB. We are your favorite college football podcast. This should not be hard to remember. MeUndies.com CFB. Lock Unity. Gonna be a good week if we got a me undies read. Yeah. You want it? You guys want to know a secret? Yes. I'm wearing the glow in the darks right now. 
Yeah. You're, elim- oh, man, you're eliminating. This good. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not dark, so I can't show you, but I am wearing them right now. Okay, Lock Unity brings us all to three on the card. Um, no head coach, Randy Shannon in charge. I'm going to go Florida, Missouri under 61 and a half. I, uh, I think Florida, I think that this is a game that the, this is a feel game for me. Guys, I feel like it's just going to be ugly. Like Missouri wants to hit its big plays. Florida getting coached up by, uh, by Shannon, maybe. Uh, I don't, of course, I don't have a ton of faith. You know, Malik Zaire or Felipe Franks, I don't think that Florida's offense is going to come out here and uh, turn this thing into a shootout. I just, uh, the, the feel of this game is one that's a little bit clunky and a little bit ugly. I think that's the way that Florida wants to play it. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm, what was it? The spread here was like it Missouri favored by three, right? Yeah. 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 I, I didn't like any part of that. Um, but I, I, I like under 61 and a half. That number seems a little bit too big for a, for a game involving interim coach, Randy Shannon and the Florida Gators. I always just love teams after they fire a coach. Just in general? Yeah, because the players are either fired up because they're pissed off that their coach got fired or they're thrilled because their coach got fired. (laughs) (laughs) So they tend, I can't remember the exact trend, but I think they cover 56% of the time the week after the coach is fired, which isn't exactly, you know, like a must-follow trend. But I I lean Florida plus three. As far as the over-under, ah. Yeah, I, I think the under smarter because even though Missouri's got a you know a very explosive offense, I don't know how many points they're really. If I, I feel like if they're going to get over, they'd have to put up a lot of points because I don't trust Florida to score too many. Right. I don't think Florida wants to try. I don't think Florida wants to get into a uh, thirty-five, no. thirty-one game with Missouri. I think they We're lose. We're going to see a lot of running. <laughs> from florida in this game we're gonna see a lot of ball control take some time off the clock play field position football from the gators oh it's gonna be a johnny townsend special you know Mm -hmm. they don't like drew locks explosive but you know they're if they can pin him inside the five yard line randy shannon will do it i i I don't i i don't agree with y'all's read on this one Ooh. i think this one you you like Missouri? This you think this? I'm is- very like I don't like Missouri. I'm just I am very tempted by Missouri. Like it looks so foreign and weird and wrong right. Missouri to be a three to three and a half point favorite against the University of Florida. But when you look at these two teams, there's only one unit that's any good, and it's Missouri's offense. And I and and I've part of the reason. I was bearish on Florida this year where I didn't think that they were going to be that good is because I don't think Randy Shannon is a very good defensive coordinator. And I don't think they're going to be any better off with him being a head coach as you know, instead. Uh, And I think that this game feels like to me a game like, and and also do we have an official word? Isn't Malik Zaire now kind of penciled in as the starter? Ah, uh, I, I had it as an or, and I figured that we'd see him. Like, does he provide a spark? Um, at the very least, he provides volatility offensively. Like Felipe Franks, when you get when he's in the game, 
he is it's incomplete passes and sacks. <laughs> when Malik Zaire is in the game, it's interceptions or fumbles or big plays. You know what I mean? Like so I think I, I think like to me this is I'm not saying I'm like I would I'm just I y'all you you like the under I lean of the two I lean over. Mm. Uh, and I lean and I actually lean Missouri though I do agree with Tom your your post firing uh trend I, I i like that one as well but i lean missouri and over so uh we'll see i'll root for under um but i i am scared of this missouri team having gotten a little bit of rhythm over the past couple weeks against really bad opponents all right barton pick number four lay it on me all right so i'm i'm, I'm through with my my locks that uh i knew for sure i was going to go in with and now I'm, I'm here with my my extra picks i'm going to go ahead and play the Arizona USC over at 73. Uh, no need to discuss further because we already kind of hit that game. Uh, I think I'm also going to play this one. I think I'm going to go ahead and just FYI, I, 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 I went from three to I'm going to end up with seven. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for my fifth, after Auburn USC over, I'm going NC State plus eight. Wow. Um, you know, like this just feels like Clemson isn't that team. Like they're not that team that's going to bully NC State around. It's going to be, I think this is going to be a fairly evenly matched game. I think, you know, this is going to be in Raleigh that – I, I've I've expressed my concerns about Clemson running the football uh, against a physical defensive front, and NC State has that. Um, I just think more than a touchdown. I got I, I'm not picking NC State to win this game. I just think more like eight points is just too much. Agreed. And you know, to me, this NC State makes this a battle. Uh, this is again for the. I mean, if 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 NC State wins this game, like they're in the driver's seat to win the ACC, and then they're just a little bit of chaos away from the playoffs. Still, I mean, that's a long shot, but they're still like they've got a lot to play for still. Um, and so, I, I, I like NC State here to just to to, to make this a, a war. Um, little concerns with. Uh, what Jalen Samuels out? No, oh uh, no, uh, Naheem Hines. Who's Naheem not, Hines? Naheem Hines. He's sorry. good. Yeah, Naheem Hines. He's good. Yeah, should be full go. He uh, he there told told reporters yesterday he's feeling a lot better, and there's no plan to put any like official listings for questionable. Um, they're they're expecting full participation. All right, let's roll. Let's roll. Yeah, go go pack. I put uh, Clemson on my expert picks at the beginning of the week. I might switch that. I'm not taking a lock. I think your read is right. I this. These these teams are close. These team these two teams are very very close. This will be an incredibly competitive game. I think my pick is I I still think Clemson wins, but I would not be su- surprised at all if NC State wins. Though if NC State does get that driver's seat, you got to be nervous because you know where that car is going. It's uh it's going up to Chestnut Hill to play uh Steve Adazio in the offensive juggernaut Boston College Eagles the next <laughs> week. I like the under. Are you taking What's that number as a lock? 
51. No, not as a lock. Okay. But just in that game, I like the under. Last year's game was, what, 24 or 20 to 17 before overtime or 24-17, I think. Something like that. It was a total in the mid-40s. I don't think Clemson is a – I don't think Clemson's a team that's like – like they're not last year's Clemson to me. No, they're not a team that, that's gonna like. They may still go to the College Football National Championship game, but along the way, I don't know that they're gonna really like blow anybody out. They're just built differently than last year, and I don't think that's who they are. And so let, let's, you know, a fifty-one point total and an eight-point spread against two pretty evenly matched teams. I'm gonna I'm gonna feel good about that. All right, uh, Tom, lock number four. Uh well we're gonna we're gonna break trend here a little bit an over we're gonna take we're gonna take an over and I think that Chip you'll be surprised because this is normally the kind of game where I take the under but I am taking Minnesota at Michigan over forty one I can't I I would tell you to wash your mouth out but uh <laughs> but after watching Michigan my Michigan Rutgers uh, under go kaput last week I think that I've learned my lesson. Yeah, you know, it's it goes against type because when you think of Michigan, you tend to have a certain feeling about it. But in reality, the over is a better play in most Michigan games. Um, the over has come through in 21 of Michigan's last 29. And it, over, it came through against Penn State a couple weeks ago. You mentioned it last week. It came as an over against Rutgers. And these are games that, you know, you, you, you typically expect to be a lot less points in it. I just... To me, Michigan's biggest problem defensively is while it's overall, we talked about this already, while it's overall a good run defense, it gives up big run plays. It gives them up in chunks. We saw it against Penn State. We saw it last week against Rutgers. It'll give up explosive plays in the run game. And that's what Minnesota, that's really all Minnesota can try to do in this one. And I just feel like on offense, this is the kind of game where we we constantly out the Michigan offense and for good reason because it hasn't you know been great this year but it's still a team that's scoring between 24 and 30 points a game and I feel like it's going to get to 30 again this week against Minnesota at a minimum so I'm just really relying on Minnesota to get 10 here and I think that's a pretty safe bet so I I really like the over in this one nice (laughs) (laughs) um what no no mention of uh Brandon Peters that didn't that didn't spark your uh, your your dreams of Michigan's offense uh, well, I think, joining I the think new it makes decade. Them better, yeah. I think I think it gives them more of a like. I think it makes them more dangerous. Put it that way. You know what I mean? I feel like they're they're capable of a bigger play now than they were with John O'Corn or that they were with Wilton Spate. And also another trend I forgot to mention: the last five meetings in this rivalry have all gone over. Okay. All right. Um, I've got a principal play under, uh, USF UConn at the rent under 64 and a half. Let's go. Let's lock it up. I think this would be my fourth UConn under if it cashes. Really? Yeah. You played a bunch of UConn unders and they've all hit. Yeah. Yeah. UConn just, numbers get ridiculously high. Yeah. They've, they've because there's such, such, so the number is 64 and a half this week. Yeah. Okay. Games, uh, yeah, games, and I think that most of them have been these uh, these games that are at UConn. I think Mizzou UConn was last week. I think. 
I know like Memphis put up like seventy against them. Yeah, doesn't okay. can't can't trust can't trust UConn on a Friday night or a Sunday. Yeah, UConn's got three unders in a row. Yeah. Temple wasn't under, Tulsa wasn't under, Mizzou wasn't under. And yeah, last week's Mizzou was seventy five and a half. The Tulsa game was seventy six and a half. And then that Temple game was fifty seven and a half, and that was still a good under. So Yeah, they're cashing. Yeah. I don't I, I like that's that's a combination of everything. That's uh you know, even even if South Florida has a get right game, I feel like that get right game doesn't end forty seven twenty eight. I feel like that get right game is like thirty five to three. Um. Yeah. Let's go. Let's keep this train rolling. This is how we get back to the positive side of things with UConn <laughs> unders. That is the train that I am taking to get back into the money. So that's uh, the when, Bob Diaco <laughs> Express. Oh, dude, fighting or, no, Randy Ents- Etzels. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, it's, the Bob, it's there's still Bob Diaco residue on things over there. The energy vampires. The he left energy vampires lurking around the rent. Uh, all right, Barton. I know. I know you've got a lot more to clear off your plate, <laughs> so let's uh, let's get it rolling. Yeah, well, we we don't have to spend a lot of time on this one because we've already touched on it. I, I again, I had this in my reserves. I had it playing in the playing in the minor leagues. I'm gonna pull it up to the big leagues. Uh, I'm gonna take Oklahoma minus two and a half, and, and it really is. It boils down to Oklahoma plus two and a half. Plus two and a half. Okay, I feel even better. I, sometimes I thought they were, they, were, they were two and a half favorites. Okay, no, so good. That's that's Plus what I was saying. Yeah, like, even better, I, even better. So give me give me Baker Mayfield, big game Baker. I just think if you got if you're in that sort of a game, which I think is probably going to be a shootout. I don't know if I want to take an over of seventy six or whatever it is, but I think it's probably going to be a shootout. And if if and granted, like I don't fully trust Oklahoma's secondary to be able to limit James Washington and company. But if it's sort of like last team with the ball last wins, like I trust Baker Mayfield in that spot more than any other player in college football. I think that he's going to have Oklahoma ready to roll. Uh, And I think Oklahoma's got a little bit of like, this is, they've been sort of gearing up for this game for a while. And, and now they can focus all their attention on this one. They're getting under, appreciate a little bit nationally after a couple lackluster wins. So give me OU to, to get right and, uh, and look impressive beating Oklahoma state because of Baker Mayfield. Nice. That's the side. That's the, pl- I mean, I, what did uh, Baker Mayfield? That's an advantage. Offensive line. That's an advantage. I don't know. I just, why, why did, why is Oklahoma state favored in this game? Cause it's in Stillwater. That's it. Mm. Yeah. All right, so if these teams play again, do you think Oklahoma would be able to win the second match meeting too? It's always it's always really hard to beat the same team twice. Yeah. That's how the Big 12 gets left out. Oklahoma wins it, this one and then Mike Gundy captures that rattlesnake in the Big oh, 12 championship there's game. There's so much more Big 12 on Big 12 violence coming up. Like <laughs> they they're going to that they there's no chance the Big Twelve's in the playoffs. No so, chance. So what if what if losing this week is the smart move? I'm saying. <laughs> so that way if you meet again in the Big Twelve title game, you've got the advantage. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, how do you if if you are the master Lincoln Riley motivator, if you can work <laughs> work that mind trick out, then then have at it, man. That'll be impressive. <laughs> 
Tom Fernelli's seen in four dimensions. He understands <laughs> understands how to Chess, get this stuff. Chess, not checkers. <laughs> All I see are ones and zeros. It's all <laughs> making so much sense. Uh, Tom, lock number five. Uh, my final lock of the week. Wake Forest at Notre Dame under 55 and a half. That's the, that's the strongest lock you're going to see because no one's got their finger on the pulse of a team like, uh, like Tom Fernelli. I just, you know, I I lean towards Notre Dame. My, what is it, 14 or 15? 14. 14. 14. Yeah. That just seems a little too – I feel like Wake Forest defense is just good enough to cover that. But I know Wake Forest's defense is good enough to at least limit what Notre Dame is going to be able to do on offense and keep, you know, slow down some of those explosion plays. And I don't think Wake is going to be able to score very many points at all against Notre Dame so I feel like that's at 55 and a half I feel like that's a very safe under with the kind where you can even survive a pick six if it happens Wake, Wake just lost. also lost its, yeah. yeah are you gonna say this yeah they lost the Dorchmeister yeah best player on offense Greg Dorch Guy's got 100 yards receiving in three of his last four games um yeah and he was like yeah, uh, yeah, that dude was a, a freaking stud playmaker. I hope he comes back to full health because he was only a freshman or a redshirt freshman, which, you know, that's like, when's the last time that uh, Wake Forest has had the like, game-changing play at wide receiver? Was it Chris Givens back in like 2010 or 11 or something like that? It was Michael Campanero. Oh, Campanero! Yeah! um all right let's see barton how many more you've got two more to get out no i've I've already given you six i only have a wait wait wait. hold on seven i've got miami vt under 50 i've got vandy minus 10 texas a&m plus 15 nc state plus eight oklahoma plus two and a half usc arizona over oh yeah 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 yeah. staying up till 2 (laughs) a.m Um, oh, I, I might be jumping late on this one. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take UCF minus 14 and a half. And my touchstone here was missing SMU to cover a similar spread against TCU. It was one of those things where in like the second and third quarter, the fact that SMU's offense kind of got humming and put some points up. Everything was great. It looked like it was going to be one of those games that can cover, but I don't think the Mustangs can play defense for four quarters. And while this one might be tight, uh, I think UCF pulls away late. The other way that I see this playing out is that UCF's defense actually totally shuts down SMU. Hypothetical. Okay. (laughs) Auburn covers against Texas A&M and SMU beats UCF. Is Chad Morris coaching Texas A&M on Monday? Yes. <laughs> this is this is absolutely that game. Like, well, so they they got the win over Houston last year, right? Yeah. Uh, this is this is that game. So, I this is my seventh play, and this is the one that's the toughest for me to pull the trigger on, because UCF to me stands for the University of Residual Income, uh, because <laughs> you just you just it's a it's an annuity you know you just cash it every week and and um it's it's a no-brainer but this is the scariest spot yet like if this game was a a 230 or something i think i'd be more inclined to like it but man like surely ucf doesn't doesn't show up once 
Like one game all year, they, they don't show up, surely. And and this one at night, SMU, like though I don't think SMU is a really good team, they're capable. So this is, I'm torn between like t- trying to like find this spot that UCS vulnerable and just stop overthinking it and, and cash my cash my mailbox money. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to just, yeah, I'm going to go with my seventh pick and, and go with you chip and play UCF. Uh, but I am a little bit nervous about this. one. I just, I know I, I, I see nighttime Chad Morris like has, uh, do you think that UCF has been, you know, talking in the locker room about, uh, coach is going to be gone. Are, are we putting any, anything into, uh, the the distraction of of Scott Frost up in the the coaching rumor mill. Scott Frost strikes me as a coach with the kind of personality that he can he can keep his guys focused um, on the task at hand. I, I don't see a whole lot of um, extraneous like. I mean, he's a sort of a uh, he strikes me as a process kind of guy. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough question to answer. Scott Frost walks into the meeting room in a Nebraska windbreaker with a Florida hat on. <laughs> All right, guys, let's just, talk. Let's just talk to about break the ice. Let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this game, guys. Who are we playing? Sorry, I, I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at Florida's 2018 schedule, kids. <laughs> All right, so uh, is that's that's seven picks for Barton to review. Miami VT under 50, Vandy minus 10, Texas A&M plus 15. NC State plus eight, Oklahoma plus two and a half, USC Arizona over 73, UCF minus 14 and a half. Tom, Army Air Force under 57 and a half, Miami Virginia Tech under 50, Texas A&M plus 15, Michigan Minnesota over 41, Notre Dame Wake under 51 and a half. Chip, Arizona plus seven and a half. 55 and a half. 55 and a half. On the Notre Dame game, yeah. Unless the numbers moved four points since yesterday. I see it at 55, yes, yeah, so yeah. 5.5, yeah, it's fine. Chip, Arizona plus 7.5, Florida, Missouri under 61.5, Texas plus 7, USF, UConn under 64.5, UCF minus 14.5, Texas A&M plus 15. Lock Unity on Texas A&M plus 15, uh, Barton and Tom on the Miami Virginia Tech under, Barton and Chip on UCF minus 14.5. Any weird lines? Anything? Uh, any any public line movement or anti-public line movement that we flagged? Uh, also, are, are there any other games we need to just touch on because they're big games? Like Penn State, Michigan State. Like, where are you guys at with that one? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Penn State. Just, I mean, I didn't make it a lock, but I I think Penn State blows Michigan State out of the water just because I haven't been a big believer in Michigan State all season long. Yeah, yeah, I picked Penn State in that one. Um, what about what about um, can Iowa keep it close with that Ohio State? I say no. Oh, I know. I saw that. That was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you thinking that Ohio State gets on a roll here, keeps it going? I don't. Th- I think if this was a night game, it would be. It would feel different. But given that it's. I, I, I just don't see that Iowa's got the horses to keep up, keep pace. Really, probably more more than defensively, offensively. I think they're going to have to figure out a way to score some points. I just don't see them doing it. 
Um, 17 to, I mean, it's just 17 and a half. That is a lot of points. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. In a letdown. Yeah, that's spot. why I took Iowa, just because I think Ohio State could win this game with ease and Iowa would still cover. <laughs> that, that might be one I need to circle back and, uh, and fix on our experts' picks. Because the more I look at that, that's, what did we get it at at expert picks? Like 16 and a half? I think we had it at 16 and a half, yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit, little bit tougher line to, to navigate. But yeah, that, this was a tough one. I think Ohio State wins, and, and it's never a doubt, but I could see it being close. Right, and that's, and that's kind of uh, where my think. Like, there is no part of me that thinks Iowa is going to pull this upset off, but there is, I, I, think that, I think that a 24-10 to 10 Ohio State win would be happy. Like, that would, Ohio State would be, feel very comfortable uh, going back home with that. Shit. What about West Virginia at home, minus 2.5 against Iowa State? Mm. Here's I think I've played about. West Virginia in every single spot imaginable, and I was about to play them again this week, and I still picked them for expert picks, but I backed off just like, I, like it's time for me to stop picking against Iowa State, stop holding it <laughs> against them that they didn't cover for me against Texas at home on Thursday night, and, <laughs> and just believe that they might actually be capable of being this good. Iowa State's pass defense is good. That makes me nervous. I picked West Virginia, but... Iowa State's pass defense was pretty good against Oklahoma. It was pretty good against TCU. And if Will Greer is not, uh, if he's a little loose with the ball and if he's not able to be effective, then West Virginia loses the thing that, the one thing that makes them dangerous in any game where they take the field. I'm nervous about it. I took West Virginia, but, um, some of those, some of some of the comments this week from I think it was Gary Patterson or someone else sort of had me back on the feeling like I need to respect Iowa State a little bit more as I try and figure out what they are for uh, the last month of the season. I, the Big Twelve is so weird because, like, when I, as I look in the Big Twelve for like letdown spots, it's hard to pick letdown spots in the Big Twelve because, like. All these teams are really similar and and not that far apart. Like it's hard to lo- overlook people, and because it, you you, you kind of got to be ready to play every week. You can't ever be like looking ahead to the next week or or having a letdown after a big win the week prior because the next game is is meaningful as well. So the Big Twelve conference is too good for its own. It, it, it was too bad for its own good, and now it's too good for its own good. It can't find that middle ground. And they always have a way of figuring out how to backload their schedule. Yeah. Where it's like November, everybody's playing their biggest games of the season every November in that conference. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's your read on it, Tom? You asked. Uh, I like West Virginia. Yeah. I just feel like Iowa State's going to run out of magic at some point, And I think it's this week. Mm. Going on the road to a hostile environment. Um, Wisconsin Stanford at Washington State. Ooh, yeah, that's Stanford. Gotta be. Does it? Does it have to be? I don't know After because what I mean, we saw last week, it's gotta be. I, yeah, like I understand that Bryce Love wasn't playing, and that that has an adverse effect on your offense. But to nearly lose to Oregon State, I'm sick. I am sick and tired of David Shaw not playing KJ Costello. It makes it makes for more enjoyable football to watch when KJ Costello is in. 
So just, were whoever the hell was calling that game last week. <laughs> they were like, whoever was calling that Oregon State Stanford game on Friday night was like, I think it was Amin and uh, no, Amin and Mac had the other game. It was uh, Dusty Dvorak and I can't remember, but they were openly calling for Costello in the booth during the game. Like, why isn't he in? Because it's disgusting. <laughs> and they gross football when Keller Chris is in there. And I, I'm sorry, it, it, uh, you know, sorry to to rag on you, Keller, but man, it's just not pretty. Cameraman was zooming in on Costello after another Chris turnover. Yeah. And he was warming up on the sidelines. Like, well, certainly we'll see Costello now. They go to commercial, come back, next possession, and here comes Keller Chris. Costello is to Keller Chris what Brandon Peters is to Wilton Spade and John O'Corn. Like, mm, it's just, it, they, may, they may not be, like, maybe there's something that we don't know that makes the team have a better opportunity to win with those other guys. But Brandon Peters and KJ Costello are just, they just play, it, it's just a prettier picture when they're in the game. And I, I hope that, that we see KJ Costello. Jets. Even if he doesn't start, I just hope he gets a significant amount of time under center. Stanford wins. Jet Toner is the player of the game. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I mean, that game is going to be 38 degrees and rainy up in Pullman. Man, that's not going to be a fun time for anybody. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I'm scared. Of, I don't know what to do with that game. Um, Washington State's defense is it's pretty good, even though they gave it a lot of yards last week. Um, so, but that'll be an interesting one. Um, is it? Where's the interest in Georgia South Carolina? Is the is the interest uh, all in uh, you know where wherever Kirby and uh, Coach Boom are going to eat? In Athens the on Friday night. The interest is can George is Georgia able like Georgia's gonna win. It's just a matter of do they look dominant again? Like can they really show up every week and be that dominant every week? And it's it's been impressive to watch so far. Like they really haven't had I mean Missouri was a little lackluster, but even that, I mean they ended up winning by what? Twenty eight twenty four, yeah. Um, so this is just, I mean, this is just how good does Georgia look in beating South Carolina? Mm. What do you think, Tom? Uh, I mean, I have no idea how it's going to go over the spread. I just know Georgia's going to win. That's it's, I, I, I had, I was looking at the game yesterday when I was trying to figure out picks for pick six. I was just like, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, because it's a 24 point spread on a 51 point total. Yeah, so it's are they going to win thirty five to eleven? I mean, <laughs> forty? No, it's a forty four point total. Oh, it's only four. Oh, yeah. Okay, take the over. This feels thirty one. This feels thirty one to seven to me. Mmm. Wow. You think so? I mean, I I was I've got a little bit of uh it. I don't know why, but I think that for some reason the the bro the uh, the Kirby must champ um, bromance could make for a pretty fun rivalry to track, which includes maybe Kirby parking the bus. Like I mean, must champ right now. South Carolina looks like the team most equipped to compete with Georgia in the East, even beyond this year. 
based on the way they're recruiting, the guys that are, they have coming back, the quarterback in place. Uh, people probably would have had a hard time under, like, like grasping that before the season uh, with South Carolina sitting there with their you know, Vegas win total at five. Uh, but I think that's I think that's a reality, and that's more of a commentary on the rest of the SEC than anything else. But this is this has a, the chance to be a pretty pretty cool little rivalry between those two guys, no doubt. Uh, all right, let's see any any last things we want to get clear out the pad. Uh, no, we've pretty much blown through all my stuff. <laughs> well, that is a, uh, that's a that's a that's a big slate. I'll be looking forward yeah. to rooting a for of, it. A lot, of, a lot of volume this week. A lot of volume. Hey, we only got, uh, let's see, one, two, three. We only got four more Saturdays of, of full slates. You know, got to get it in while we can. And then I guess we'll do uh, we'll do a massive bowl show at the end. Ooh, lots of room to uh, catch up and come back in that point. I'll be I looking forward to I can't wait to break down the Gildan New Mexico Bowl with you boys. Over. I don't care who's playing in it. I'm taking the over. <laughs> uh, he is Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. He is Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast because subscribers get them first. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We're picking locks. My blue plate special mm. five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.